Yeah, we were, uh, in ARR terms, we were at about 150, uh, roughly. Um, so it was, we've more than tripled our business. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Rebecca Clyde. She's the CEO of Botco.ai, a startup offering intelligent chat nurturing solutions for health and wellness enterprises. With more than 20 years of experience in the technology industry, she's passionate about advancing women in tech. Prior to Botco, she co-founded a digital marketing agency and managed marketing programs at Intel. Rebecca, are you ready to take us to the top? Definitely. Hi, Nathan. It's nice to meet you. Okay. Tell us about Botco. Who are you? So you're selling directly to health and wellness enterprises. Why that niche? Um, well, because they had been severely underserved. <laughs> I've been in the marketing automation space for for quite some while, and I thought that a lot of the marketing technology that was uh, built was really suited more for technology companies, software businesses. But when it came to the health and wellness space, they had some needs that just weren't being satisfied. Things like compliance around personal health information, the ability to integrate with um, maybe benefits and verification of benefit systems. So uh, a lot of these uh, providers use insurance as the form of payment. Um, So they had some kind of unique elements to the way that their business is done that had not been addressed by the traditional marketing automation platforms. Um, And so I found that there was an opportunity there to go in with a, a service, a product that could really satisfy that gap. Love that. Okay. And so what are these customers paying on average per month to use the technology? You know, anywhere from about $1,900 a month to upwards of $7,000 a month. Oh, wow. So would it, what would it fair average be? Like $2,500, $3,000, something like that? Yeah, roughly around there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're very, this is very much an enterprise motion then. Were you enterprise from day one? Yes, always. Our very wow. first customer was a billion-dollar company. Yes. Can you name who that was? Massage Envy. Yes. So who, they're who? a large massage envy. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so Massage Envy is one of the largest wellness uh, providers in the U.S. They provide uh, clinics all over the country. They have over a thousand clinics that have um, massage therapy, but also a lot of other services as part of their program. And uh, they were this one is, of our. Customers. How do you land? I mean, there are you know people listening are going, wait, how did Rebecca land Massage Envy on day one? How does Massage Envy look <laughs> at a you know startup company and say we're willing to bet our HIPAA compliant chat on Rebecca? Well, to be fair, I've been working in enterprise for a long time. So, you know, I mentioned the agency that I uh, started previously. So I already had a lot of relationships in the enterprise space. I was very familiar with oh, the agency worked business. with health and wellness folks. Yeah, my, my previous agency, yes, had a lot of clients in this space. Um, I do a lot of public speaking. And actually, the way that I met them was through a, uh, I was doing a, a, an event. I was speaking as a keynote at a conference and talking about the power of AI and being able to automate conversations to scale and uh, engagement with consumers. And they came up and talked to me afterward. It was one of their marketing executives. And pretty soon I was in the C-suite with their entire executive team talking about how we could make this happen for their company. So did you, this was your agency, right? Previously, yes. Mm-hmm. Did you shut down the agency in favor of Botco, the SaaS company? 
No, I hired a management team and replaced myself with other people and turned over the reins to my business partners and then started this company. Did you were you able to did you sell something there? Did you get a was there a cash event for you that you then plowed that money into Botco? No, no. Okay. So you still have exposure equity upside in the agency or rev share or something like that over there. Yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. But now you're building Botco. Okay. Now I understand. This is Massage Envy is your first customer. Now, how many customers are you working with today? We have about 30 now. 30. Wow. Okay. Got it. And and walk me through how you're getting those customers. Is it still all from relationships from the agency side or are you running some other growth tactics? No, no, no. That's just how you usually get your first couple of customers. Now we have a sales team and a marketing function. So, you know, we hold webinars. Uh, actually, we just had one earlier this week. Uh, we have a lot of webinars and we'll put on events. Uh, people will either sign up because they're interested in the topic. Uh, we provide them with really useful content and usually... Rebecca, go deep with me on the webinar for a second. Very few people do oh, webinars okay. well. Yeah. So so let's go deep here. I know I'm going to ask some weird questions, but stick with me. Sure, how, sure, many, no problem. how many people showed up live on the webinar? About 25 or roughly. 25. We'll usually um, have maybe about 100 that will register for the, li- for the event. Usually a quarter will show up to the live event and then another quarter will watch it on demand. But what's really interesting is the people that show up are super engaged, right? They really want to learn about this topic. They uh, are spending, you know, a good hour of their day doing this. So nobody spends that type of time unless they're really, really make, trying to make a big decision. And so when we follow up with them and try to, you know, set up a meeting, they're usually very keen. So you don't try and close them live. You don't say go to this checkout page and pay today. What, like, what's the call to action? The last three slides of the webinar. Uh, yeah, usually it's we'll, we'll usually have some kind of program where they can meet with us to put together a demo that's uh, uniquely suited for their company. And so that's that's the call to action is like, ah, hey, I see. why don't you set up a meeting with us? We'd love to put a demo together for you to actually show you how this would work for your business. And then from there, we we uh, close them after that. Okay, 100 register, 25 show up, another 25 watch on demand. So 50% end up engaging yeah. with the webinar somehow, then some portion of those like book, book a demo. Go back top of funnel. How do you get the 100 registered? Oh, yeah. A lot of different ways. So tons of social media efforts. So we share it out with our individual networks, which are all organic. We don't really pay much for social media promotion. We do like a tiny bit, maybe a couple hundred dollars, but we don't spend thousands on promoting it. We just find that the attendees come from either our shares or our shares of shares, right? So we'll have people who we know like share it out uh, for us. Um, We also have um, a really good solid subscriber list, you know, people who have engage with our content before. How many, Rebecca? Our webinars. I would say we have upward of like maybe 50, 60,000 people in our database already. And you've been building that since 2017. Yeah, please tell us more about your products and services so they're all opted in um, because that's us these days. Yep. And um, so we, of course, you know, let them all know. And, and oftentimes that we'll see that they forward it to their teams or to colleagues. Um we also get on a lot of podcasts like this and talk about the fact that we might be holding a webinar or have something coming up. And so we get new new uh, participation that way. Um, I'm very involved in the community. So I do a lot of stuff in the um, healthcare and technology industry. So I tend to kind of be at a lot of events and I just tell people what's going on and that's how they also hear about it. So there's a little bit of organic you know, social media, and then of course, just reaching out to our database and letting them know that these events are happening. And now Rebecca, can I do the math here? 30 customers at an average of 30,000 a year would mean you're about a $75,000 a month right now on revenue. Is that about right? Um, probably, yeah, that would be about right. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have a few very, of those customers that are grandfathered into our earlier pricing, so they're not paying as much. 
Uh, but the rest, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe closer to like 65, 70,000 yeah. a month in revenue. <laughs> Wait, can you do, so you have, what, what do we have? We have, we have 60 more days left in the year. It'd be very cool if you were to break a million dollar run rate by the end of December. Do you think you guys can do it? Oh, I, I, I don't think so. No, we're going to, we're projecting that for next, for next quarter. I December see. December okay. is just a, is notoriously a slow sales month. And so we really only have this month left to sell and it's a short month because of Thanksgiving. Yep. And help me understand growth. So if you're doing about $60,000 a month today in revenue, where were you exactly a year ago? Do you remember? Yeah, we were uh, in ARR terms, we were at about 150 uh, roughly. Uh, so it was, we've more than tripled our business, almost quadrupled our business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you've gone from like 12 grand a month or 150 can ARR mm-hmm. up to 60 grand a month today. That's incredible growth. Um, now, have you done all this bootstrapped or did you raise? No, we raised money. So uh, we started the company bootstrapped. Then our first customer actually helped pay for the product in advance, which was very nice. How much did Massage Envy pay up front? Uh, I don't think they would want me to share that, but <laughs> nice try though. Um, so they they were our first customer. And then you know they were willing to pay up front before we even had anything to deliver to them, which was really great. Um, so I kind of see them as a little bit of an, they took a chance on us, right? Um, and then we um, raised money from angels. So just, you know, probably raised about a million from angels. Um, and I got some grant money from the state of Arizona. So Arizona has a really great um, startup ecosystem and they actually give out grants to outstanding startups. So we got How much from that? $150,000. Wow. Uh, from the state of Arizona, which was great. And then we got another $25,000 grant on top of that uh, from another startup-oriented group here. So that was actually very helpful at the beginning when you don't have a lot of capital to work what, with. What year did you raise that million from Angels? Um, it was twenty late 2019 was when we started. We raised just a couple hundred K in 2019. And then 2020 was when we raised the goal. I see. I see. So all in, you raised a million. No, after the angel funding, we raised for institutional VCs and we had we we raised another two and a half million from institutional VCs. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. And I believe based off my notes that that two and a half was in, it closed in February of this year. Is that right? Uh, right. So we had a, a chunk of it closed in February and then we had a couple of investments that came in after. But yes, it was at the beginning of this year. Tell me more about why you felt you needed to do that. Obviously, ownership is really important. You took dilution when you did that. Why did you need to raise capital to build this? I mean, technology is is tough to build, especially what we're trying to do. It's not um, an application you can build with, uh, you know, a no code platform, right? So we have uh, a, a significant engineering team, about ten engineers that work on our product. And, you know, what they're doing is coming up with technologies that handle, for example, fast knowledge acquisition so we can train 
AI uh, virtual agents faster. Okay. Um, we have to be able to understand concepts like, you know, what do people mean when they're looking for benefits uh, coverage? Mm -hmm. Connected to other systems of record, which means we have to have an API development effort that's going on where we're connecting to marketing platforms, uh, CRM platforms, and EHR platforms. So there's a lot of integration that has to be done in, in order for our product to be really useful to our customers. We need engineers that are building those uh, APIs constantly. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a big effort from an engineering standpoint. And then you know you have to hire people to sell, and you have to hire people to market, and you have to do all of those things. So not something that I could have done by myself by any means. Yep. Well, if you're going to have to raise money to invest in technology, the second best thing you can do is you as a speaker, I bet we're able to tell a really good story with your deck to try and get a valuation that minimized the dilution you took when you raised 2.5 million bucks. What valuation did you end up raising the 2.5 million at? So um, that money, the 2.2 million, we raised it like, I want to say close to, by the time it was all said and done, um, you know, we were raising our valuation kind of uptick to about 15 million. One so five. Already taken, yeah. But we had already taken a little bit more. So that was like in the $3 million range where we got to the 15 million. So we, we did the step up strategy. It was actually a really great approach. I recommend everybody um, read. There's one of my investors is Ash Rest. He has a company called a, a firm called Sterling Road. And he has this really great strategy for how to step up your valuation little by little. So rather than taking all the money at one price, um, he's basically creates the system where you create, um, I guess, scarcity around different price points. So you say, okay, I'm going to raise 250K at this price. And then you quickly close that round. And then you raise another 500 at a, you know, maybe slightly stepped up valuation. And then you close that. And so what this allows you to do is to more quickly uh, move these people along into making a decision, investors, because especially in early stage, they're a little bit like, I want to wait, you know, they're always trying to kick the can down the road. They want to participate, but they don't want to get uh, pay too much. And so they're trying to kind of like delay and obfuscate a little bit. And so this strategy really gets investors to move quickly because- you What paper did you use on this? Was it basically a safe and you just kept increasing the valuation cap? So I did, I've done a combination. So I did at the beginning- uh, convertible notes. Um, then we actually converted all those notes into securities that we issued stock. And then we had some investors come in after that wanted to invest after the, the securities had been issued. And for them, we issued a safe note also using the, the step-up strategy. So we would just raise a small amount at a valuation, close it out. And then if the next set of investors wanted to come in, they had to step up the... I see. The yeah. This is, this is called typically sort of like a rolling close and it is a very effective strategy. So just to repeat that back to you, Rebecca, you took the first money and sort of this thing at a 3 million valuation. Over time, as you stepped it up, you ended up raising a total of call it 2.2 million. And the last tranche that came in was at a 15 million valuation post money. A little, yeah. So you have the, the numbers a little bit off, but at the end, we ended up with 3.6 million all in raised to date. I see. 3.6 million at that $15 million. Oh, I see. So, so it what when you say you did like a seed of the 1.4 or 5 in 2020, and then the yeah. 2.2 so in 2021, it's all together. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. a rolling thing. So we, we went from six to 15 in that kind of six month period where we were using this stepping up. Too. I see. Okay. That's helpful. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, so, Very cool. <laughs> and it was, six, it was like 6.8, 7, yeah. basically. 7 yep. to 15 in that uh, six month range. So it's hard to tell you. That's why it's hard to say like, what did you raise it? Because it was like, well, who are No, no, it rolls. Yeah, it rolls. <laughs> it always, it's always increasing. We just were constantly moving it up. <laughs> you mentioned 10 engineers on your team. What's the total team size today? We're 25. 
25. Wow. Okay. And um, talk to me about churn. It's critical in a company like this. Do you have dollar expansion yet? You know, considering how big your, your clients are? Yeah. So our uh, customers that have renewed this year have all either renewed at 100% or higher. So we have some customers that renewed at 200%. So they actually doubled their subscriptions with us. Um, some of our biggest customers, that's what they did. And so I would say right now, our expansion, our renewal rate, you know, if you Average it all out is like 130%. 130% in net dollar retention. That's a good place to be. And then talk to me real quick, sales reps. How many quota carrying sales reps do you have? Two. And and do you set them? You know, the standard here is usually set them at a million dollar quota, base is 100K. If they hit quota, they get another 100K. So it's 200K on target earnings if they hit the quota for a five to one ratio there. Is that sort of the playbook you're running there? Roughly, yeah. 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 Although we use, a, we use an uncapped plan. So they don't necessarily have to, we set uh, an accelerator in place if they, uh, once they meet their quota. Oh, interesting. So if they break a million dollar quota or whatever the quota is, then they can start making more in terms of bigger percentages of commission. Very cool. And you have to come back on in a year and tell us how that's going. That's an interesting setup. All right, Rebecca, it's time to wrap up. What a story here. Uh, Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, um... There's so many, but right now, pitch anything. I would say because I'm so I'm always pitching. <laughs> that is a good book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, you know that's interesting. I, I I look and study a lot of different CEOs, but I would say probably one that I admire is one that's actually on my cap table that I uh, have really worked with closely. His name is Greg Sporthy, and he's the CEO of Campus Logic. Of Campus what? Campus Logic. Campus Logic, very cool. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Botco? My favorite online tool for building Botco? Yep. There's a tool you use a lot. Oh, in our company that we yes. uh, die by? I mean, it has to be Slack probably. Just All right. Number, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five to six. Six. Okay. And situation, married, single, kiddos? Um, kiddos. Yes. Three of them, uh, formerly married, no longer three kids. Wow. Okay. Amazing. And Rebecca, do you mind me asking how old you are? You don't have to answer. Of course. <laughs> you don't have to answer. I only ask because it helps give the <laughs> listeners context, right? So let's take us the, the question. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm happy to tell. I'm in my forties. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. She's 40 years old. You guys heard it here first. All right, Rebecca, take us back to your 20 year old self. What's something you wish that she knew? I wish that I had, um, I would say, believed in myself more earlier on, right? I was I was very much a learner during that time of my life. And so I, I put a lot of weight on what other people uh, would say instead of really trying to rely on my own experience and my own intuition. Guys, botco.ai, it's HIPAA compliant chat for you know companies like Massage Envy, right? This sort of space, health and wellness. They broke 12,000 a month in revenue exactly a year ago. They've 4x do you every year now doing six over sixty thousand dollars a month as they look to break a million hopefully next year. She's done this in a very capital efficient way with rolling closes, three point six million raised with the last most recent valuation at around fifteen million. Using this to fund her team's growth and product development, twenty five on the team, ten engineers, two sales reps. As Rebecca continues to grow, Rebecca, thanks for taking us to the top.